listeners. Welcome to FZOE Podcast, the podcast with simple practices to make your life happier and more balanced and meaningful conversations on mental wellness by passionate and informed mental health professionals. Hello, dear listeners. Today we have with us Eugenia Wittenmeyer-Zink, family therapist and systemic counselor, and we are talking about resilience. Eugenia, welcome to this podcast. Hello, Dana. I am happy to be here with you again. Always a pleasure. So, what is resilience and why some people are more resilient than others? Yeah, um, what is resilience? Um, it's how to, how we handle adversity, how to deal with difficulties and hardships in our lives. You know, uh, there are so many books written on resilience, uh, like Raising Resilient Children, How to Be Emotional Resilient, Five, Seven or Three Steps to Resilience. And uh, I think the resilient people are not people that they don't feel pain or uh, can cope easily without suffering with every difficulty that comes into their way. Um, there are simply people that they can, they're able to express their fears or to ask uh, for help so they can cope better. So for me, it's a set of qualities that someone has. And um, yeah, and some researchers have found out that we can look um, at resilience in uh, three different levels. The social uh, support, so how much social support we have, how many family f- uh, or how many friends, uh, our colleagues, uh, uh, how many in how many groups are we in, um, how do we think about the situations that we are in, and at the biological level is how we can reset, how can we regulate ourselves. Um, I would like to share with you here something personal. Um, As you know, my family and I have translocated more times. Some people say, oh, how you guys do this, or it must be so difficult to move so often, and for the children, others may say, oh, you're so lucky, you travel so much. Depends on their point of view, right? But then I, and I say, but every time I go to live in a new place, I need my people, my friends and family more than ever. I literally call them every day and also more times a day. I am writing to them every single moment. I'm sharing everything that's happening around me. Um, But this is something that helps me a lot to adjust. Without my closest ones, I wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. So I guess you are very experienced in uh, experiencing resilience with family and children. And I would like to ask you this. What is family resilience exactly? And how we can teach resilience to our children? Yeah, good question. Well, well, I don't remember what exactly I've heard this or read this. Um, this was from, for sure from some uh, researcher on uh, resilience um, that nurturing 
resilience in children is similar to teach uh, them healthy habits, you know, how much food they have to take, which food and drinking water. Because in terms of building resilience, um, I think that we parents have to work uh, on the balance, how we do what we do. Uh, so we have to balance between providing protection and freedom. We want to protect our children and um, it comes naturally, of course, but at the same time, they need also the experience uh, to adapt and learn how to get up after they fall down. Uh, some studies highlighting that children show resilience from the early beginning, uh, as when they are born, and some other children are coming later to be resilient. Um, some research also shows that children that they have a lot of adults around them they have more chances to become more resilient. And uh, at this point, I would like to um, to say to you, uh, probably you know already this African proverb, uh, to grow a child, you need the whole village. So mm-hmm. it's so true. It is so true. Mm, how nice. Because also, you know, in our days, uh, a lot of families, because of the situation, they, they get apart. Uh, it's the, the divorce rate, as you also know, it's really high. Um, yeah. How do you think we can create resilience after divorce, Danai? Well, divorce is such a stressful process and can bring someone who generally copes well to their knees. Mm-hmm. So understanding resilience means recognizing and facing the challenges that await you during and after your divorce with your head held high. Resilience is not a one-time occurrence. Uh, It's an ongoing process. Uh, And there are some tips, likely, that can help you get through this emotionally overwhelming situation. Mm -hmm. Um, In example, you can reconnect with people, look to the friends and family members who stood by your side throughout your life, they know you the best, are always willing to lend an ear and provide activities to distract you from your from the pain of your divorce. Uh, you can try to accept the situation and recognize your emotions because acceptance is an essential part of the grieving process and it's the final step in coming to terms with your divorce and its complications. You mm-hmm. can set goals. After letting go of the past and accepting the present, you can prepare for the future by setting reasonable personal or professional goals. You can visualize what you want your future to be and take that step forward. You can always choose your view. Uh, You can work to deal with stress healthily. You can think that bad things happen, always happen, and sometimes they can't be prevented. However, the power to prevent any rational reaction is all in your hands. Oh, yeah. I would say also here I would add mostly in your brain too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, correct, because you have to think, and this way you can choose how you respond to stressful events. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the reason why we put uh, our hands sometimes on our heads when we're like disappointed or uh, 
uh, feeling somehow <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> Correct. And moreover, some things are not even important, are not important enough to dignify reaction. So choosing whether or not to respond can be a very good option. Uh, you can become your ally, trust in yourself and work toward building your self-confidence after your divorce. You can always learn uh, because even though the divorce, uh, it doesn't feel like a positive experience, uh, recognizing past mistakes, embracing the positive outcomes, channeling them into self-improvement teaches you something about yourself yourself and makes your current and future relationships more fulfilling maybe exactly then yeah embracing the positive outcomes yeah it's so important because we have to think that we are more vulnerable as we think and stronger as we can imagine uh this is not my quote uh don't remember now the name of uh it was in a book a famous book option b um but it's so true and we have to believe on that Yeah, by your experience, how we can help children to build resilience at school? Thank you for asking me this, Anai. This is a really very important question. Resilience is a life skill that all teachers should focus on from beginning to the end students' education careers. In many classrooms, resilience can be discussed from the early years. Uh, all students, and that's why, that is why I'm saying that is because all students will experience dif- difficult situations at some point in their educational career, both academic and social. Uh, this may be include teasing and bullying, uh, disagreements with peers, conflict with teachers or parents, exams, and we should not forget here the transition from one school to another. Uh, resilience is the capacity To adapt well when faced with adversity or stress is how you do things you do when you have a hard time, right? So it helps students to adapt to challenging experiences. It's so important. And school is the place where we should be creating people who are able to respond to challenges. When students have resilience, they are open to learning because they believe that they can learn. So, you know... That means they are receptive to assistance because it is not a criticism of their abilities, right? So in a school, in a classroom that, you know, they have morning meetings, discussions about goal setting, uh, preservance, um, including recognizing that everyone has something he or she is trying to overcome. Uh, something like sharing stories, personal or from picture books. Um, about people who have experienced great amounts of adversity and odds. And uh, it's very important also to emphasize in critical thinking in lessons that challenge students to think about concepts at a deeper level so that students get the opportunity to put resiliency discussions into an action. So it, it, is, um, it makes a difference, I believe. And, you know, now that I'm talking to you, it came into my mind something that we forgot to mention. Sometimes after a major life crisis or a traumatic event, it is experienced a positive change as a result. Uh, for sure, you have, heard, you, you have heard about this, right? Um, some people can see positive growth afterwards. Mm-hmm. Indeed. 
I guess you are talking about the post-traumatic growth. Exactly, yes. Would you like to tell us something about uh, this uh, and the recent findings so the listeners can hear about this? Sure. Uh, well, it seems that many people who have survived trauma found positive change and a new appreciation for life, a sense of personal strength, and a new focus on helping others. Mm-hmm. Post-traumatic growth is a theory that explains this kind of transformation following trauma, and it was developed by psychologists Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun in mid-90s. Um, Post-traumatic growth is sometimes considered synonymous with resilience, but post-traumatic growth is different from resilience. Resilience is the personal attribute to bounce back, while post-traumatic growth is what can happen when someone who has difficulty bouncing back experiences a traumatic event and endures psychological struggle and then ultimately finds a sense of personal growth. Usually psychologists look for positive responses in post-traumatic growth in the appreciation of life, relationships, new possibilities in life, personal strength, and spiritual change. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that it seems that people who are more open to experience and extraversion are more likely to experience post-traumatic growth. And there also may be genetic factors for this, but the research research is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a very interesting topic for the research. I believe it also, yeah. Mm -hmm. Indeed. news are that is something that we can learn and we can uh, adapt also when we are later in our lives. That's a good news. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And I hope our listeners found this interview helpful. Yeah. And I want to thank you once again. I really appreciate joining me today. And I'm looking forward to our next episode. Thank you very much, Danai. Also, me, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you. And dear listeners, if there's anything that you've missed or you would like details for, please contact me through my website's contact form. Also, if you want to learn more about me and Eugenia and our therapy practices, simply visit our websites below. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast with your favorite podcast player. And thanks once again for listening and take care.